Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady with you today from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm with you today taking your calls and your texts live on the air. I want to say welcome to those of you who are listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. Welcome to the program. Glad you tuned in today. We also want to say hi to those uh, who are listening on our syndicated stations. So we are now syndicated in two different regions. So we're syndicated on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. So welcome to all of those of you who are listening there. We also want to say hi to everybody who's tuning in on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Um, we want to remind those who are listening on the East Coast and in the area around Tennessee that you are hearing the program on a one-week delay. So that means that you have the unique opportunity that you get to call in, ask your question, and then you get to tune in a week later and hear yourself on the radio. And you can tell all your friends. You can sound, listen to how goofy you sound, uh, your, how much different your voice sounds you know, on the radio than it does in your head. I know that's the case for me. But we just want to give a big hello also to everyone who listens online on the on the grace fm app or on our website so welcome to the program we're glad you tuned in today this is a show where you can call in with questions about the bible or things that are going on in your life uh, if you have a prayer request you can call us or you can text us and just a few words about myself so i host this show every monday so i host calvary live every monday here on grace fm and today i am filling in for pastor ed taylor who is in israel I I think actually he's on his way back right now. I think I saw some Instagram posts showing that those guys are on their way back. So he'll be back for the shows next week. But uh, I'm filling in for him while he's been away on Thursdays. So it's a great pleasure. I enjoy doing the show on Mondays. And I enjoy doing the show uh, when I get to fill in like this just to take your prayer requests and call. It's an honor to get to talk to you and to get to share God's word with you and do these things. So. A few things about myself. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is a church in Longmont, Colorado that loves Jesus, and we study the Bible verse by verse. And if you are in the Longmont, Colorado area, we would love to have you come by and pay us a visit. Our church meets at 700 Longspeak Avenue in downtown Longmont, so that's at the St. Vrain Memorial Building. It's a well-known historic building here in downtown Longmont, and it is on the corner of Longspeak Avenue and Kaufman Street, so that's right on the southeast corner of Roosevelt Park, which is our city park here in Longmont. So if you live in Longmont or in the surrounding area, maybe you live in the Carbon Valley out in like Frederick, Firestone, Decono area, or Lafayette, Erie, even North Boulder, Lyons, up into even Berthoud and South Larimer County, we'd love to have you come and visit us. You can check us out online before you come, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. This coming Sunday, we're going to be continuing our study of the letter to the Hebrews, and we actually come to a section which I feel like is so pertinent for what's going on right now. You know, just yesterday we had this tragic shooting in Florida, 
just so many of these tragic events happening recently in our country and, and in the world. And it's just, how do we deal with this as Christians? How do we make sense of this? How do, how do we deal with tragedy if it ever does touch our lives? And, and certainly it, it will. I mean, that's kind of an inevitability. If it hasn't yet, it will at some point. So how do we deal with that as Christians, as people of faith? How do we respond to that? How do we process this? And how do we move forward? So we're going to be talking about that this coming Sunday. We'd love to have you join us for that. Again, the website is whitefieldschurch.com. And you can also hear me every weekday on Grace FM. We have a show that airs at 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time every weekday called Life in the Field, which are our sermons. And uh, sermons from Sunday morning cut for radio. And you can also hear us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. So if for some reason you're not at church on Sunday morning at 10 a.m., Tune in to Grace FM, and you can hear our show, Life in the Field, at that time as well. So we've got lots of calls coming in already, and so let's go to our call-in line. Let's go to Harvey in Aurora, Colorado. Hey, Hi, how's Harvey. it going? Great. Welcome to the program. Hey, um, I had a question for you. So, uh, ironically, you're in the book, book of Hebrews, and I think it's around the fourth chapter, maybe the fifth, somewhere over there, where it talks about the word, like... Uh, dividing like the bone marrow or something but then yeah. it talks about the spirit and the soul like what's the difference between the spirit and the soul when the bible talks about them in the same verse yeah that's interesting that you bring that up so let me read that text to you and then we'll talk about yeah. it so it says this is in hebrews chapter 4 and i'll start in verse yeah. 12 it says the word of god is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from its sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him before whom we must give account. So here's, here's what I would um, tell you. So the spirit is an element of humanity that, that really gives us, as we read it in the Bible, this is used basically a lot of times, you know, talk about spiritual life, spiritual death in the Bible, place like Ephesians chapter two, where it talks about us being dead apart from Christ, but being made alive. So you put it this way, the spirit is the element of humanity, which gives us the ability to have an intimate relationship with God. Now, what is the soul? Well, the soul can kind of refer to, um, to who you are, like the essence of your being. So that's how I guess how I would de delineate those two. So the soul can refer to the entire person, but the spirit is specifically that that part of you that connects to God. So and I think that his point in saying this is I mean he's talking about bones and marrow, or joints and marrow, soul and spirit. He's saying these are things that are so closely connected that they're they're like how would you ever separate those two things? But he's saying that the word of God is actually, that's how sharp of an edge it is. That's how, you know, exacting it is, I guess you could say. It's like, uh, you yeah, know. Yeah, like, like it's you see the core. Right. So I would say the soul specifically refers to the core of your being, like who you are. You know, like right. there's a sense in which your body is part of who you are, but it's not the core of who you are, right? Like your body can be damaged without your, you know, the core of your being being touched. Um Whereas uh, it seems that so the soul is the core being core of who you are, but the spirit is specifically that part of you that relates to God and lives forever. Okay, and that's separate from the Holy Spirit that already lives in you when you're uh, born again, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that is the difference. Uh, the Holy Spirit is a person, you know, one of the persons yeah, that's God. in God. Yeah, that's God. Yeah. So that is separate, yes. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I just always wonder why they use soul and spirit, uh, I guess, differently. So, okay. Yeah, and I think that's really the point here is that they're very closely connected. And yet, uh, the Word of God is so exacting that it can even bring separation between something so closely connected. So do they, well, I know the soul lasts forever. Does that, that spirit that Hebrews talking about, does that last, does that like become like just one of who you are when you're in eternity? Yeah, so, yeah, I'd put it this way. I think that's exactly why Ephesians chapter 2 is such an important uh, section. And that, you know, I love this section. It says, uh, though you were dead in your trespasses and sins. So it says in past tense, you used to be dead. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't remember a time in my life when I recall being dead. But um, that's because what it's referring to is not a physical death, but a spiritual death. So it's saying you were dead spiritually, but in Christ you become alive. And the way I, I like to teach this section, I like to remind people, you know, it's like, like um, we're essentially living not up to our full potential that God created us to be. So we have a body, we have a mind, and then we have this spirit. And so if you are only living on the level of body and mind, you're essentially living in a way, I guess you could put it, and I don't mean to be rude or crass at all. I just mean to say you are essentially living on the same level as an animal because an animal has a body and yeah. it has a mind. But what it doesn't have is a spirit, which is that part That's of us right. that connects with God. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're not living on, if you're just living to satisfy, you know, interest your mind, you know, entertain yourself and to feel good in your body, you're essentially living on the same level as an animal. And that's sad. We weren't meant to live that way. Right. Yeah. We were created on the highest hierarchy of uh, creation, you know, uh, and uh, we're meant to have a relationship with God. So, you know, right. that's predestined anyway. So that's a whole other thing. But. Uh, just praise God for just knowing them, you know. So thank you for clarification for that question. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for calling in. All right. All right. Thank you. you for what you guys do. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, answering your calls and texts today. We have one open line now. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Just uh, one more thought on that topic as I'm talking to the producer as well. So, you know, one of the things that uh, Harvey was bringing up is, you know, how is it then that we have a, a spirit and a soul? And I was talking to him about the body and the mind and those being separate from our spirit and soul. And so, uh, you know, I would just add to that, you know, there's a sense in which God created us in his own image. And there's a way in which you could understand that as being that God is a trinity and he created us as triune beings in a lower sense of course than the way that he is a triune being so he is a triune being father son and holy spirit three persons coexisting and we are a a lesser kind of trinity but this is what separates us from the animals right so we have a body and a mind as animals do and yet we have an eternal spirit which is what separates us from the animals and um as i was saying earlier you know, when we don't have our spirit come alive in Jesus, if we haven't been made alive spiritually, Ephesians chapter 2 tells us we're spiritually dead. And, and unfortunately, that means almost living on the same level as as animals. So, of course, God's will for us is 
created purpose for us is that we would live on a higher plane than that, that we would connect with him. And that happens in the spirit and that happens by the work of his spirit in our lives because of what Jesus did. And we receive that by faith. So let's go to Chris in Lakewood, Colorado, online too. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? Uh, doing well. I don't have my Bible with me, but I think it's in uh, Job chapter 40 uh, when it's, uh, when the Lord's speaking about I think it's called a behemoth, mm-hmm. um, which is like a large unidentified animal with a tail that has like a, like a seer. Yeah. Um, if you could look that up for me and re- re- refresh that for me. My question was, is would that be um, possibly a dinosaur of sorts? Yeah, so um, that is Job chapter 40, verse 15. It says, Behold, behemoth, which I made as I okay. made you, he eats grass like an ox, and he has a tail like a cedar tree. So, um, yeah, so a lot of people would say that this is a description of, you know, some kind of giant animal. So people have speculated about what it might be. Some have speculated that it's an elephant or a hippopotamus. Um, but the problem is that, like, elephants and hippopotamuses have very small tails, nothing like a cedar tree. And so a lot of people have said, well, could it be that what he's describing is something like a, you know, a dinosaur, Brachiosaurus, or, uh, you know, some kind of dinosaur yeah. that had a giant tail? Yeah, I certainly think that's possible. I think it's possible, you know, if you take the view that men live or human beings lived at the, on the same time, uh, on the earth as dinosaurs did, which I personally would say, yeah, I think there's proof of that even in some of the um, fossils that have been found that show human footprints inside of dinosaur footprints. Yeah, right. so I, I do think that that is what that's describing. Okay. And as well as poss- possibly the Leviathan? Yeah, so with Leviathan, that is some kind of sea creature that's being described there. A lot of, uh, some even translations of the Bible have described that as a crocodile or alligator. But it seems that, uh, you know, could be, but it could be also that he's talking about something else, you know. And they have found these fossils of these giant sea creatures. And as we know, Job was probably the first book of the Bible to be written chronologically, like it's older than the uh, books of Moses, which were written, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the five books of the Pentateuch were written by Moses. Now, he could have been using transcripts of people who wrote earlier, and Moses is the one who put them all together into an actual form. But uh, chronologically, it's generally held that um, Job is the oldest book of the Bible to be written. And oh, so, yeah, yeah, in that's, that. That's awesome. yeah, in that in that sense, that would align with this idea that, you know, Job's describing these creatures. The other thing that could be going on with Job is that if you read those sections where he's talking about, he's not actually saying, I saw these things. He's just describing them. Right. And so what that means, he's referring to them, you know, and talking about the greatness of God in the fact that he's created these great beasts. And so, yeah. you know, there's a sense in which he could just be referring to things which even his own ancestors, right, like people who came even before him uh, would have written about. Yeah, and doesn't it say something in that verse at the end of it about like um, that they were the first of its kind or something? Well, not that I know, of, but I'm going to pull it up one more time and check it out. So here, here's what it says: Behold, behemoth which I made as I made you. He eats grass like an ox. Behold, his strength is in his loins, 
and his power in the muscles of his belly. He makes his tail stiff like a cedar. The sinews of his thighs are knit together, and his bones are like tubes of bronze, his limbs like bars of iron. He is the first of the works of God. Yeah, okay. so there you go. Yeah, so, I mean, it's very possible, you know, that he's just writing about what he knows and what's been passed down to him from, um, you know, his ancestors who were there. And, you know, I mean, if we take a, if we take that the Bible is, you know, if we take uh, the, that the Bible tells the story of creation, that men were created at the same time as everything else, then it would make sense, you know. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, you and uh, your program, and may the Lord bless you abundantly. Awesome. God bless you. Thanks for calling in. Okay, bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, on the air with you today, answering your calls and texts. Let's go to line three, where we've got Bianca in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Bianca. Welcome to the program. Hi. I just have a question, and this may turn into a prayer request depending on how this goes but how do you know when you're taking a step of faith if it's actually from the Lord or if it's just from your how do I put this just coming out of you that's something you want to do and yeah, you know, this is a question that we get a lot here on the program, and I think that's a good thing, because what that means is that people want to follow the Lord, and they don't just want to go after their own thoughts and do whatever seems right in their own eyes. You know, yeah. in the book of um, Judges, that's the critique that's given at the very end of the book. It says that was the problem. It says that uh, people didn't care about the will of God, and everyone just did what was right in their own eyes, and it led to chaos, and it led to destruction. And, you know, that's a lot of I think that you can see some of that in our culture today. If you buy into this mentality that you should always do what's best for you, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes what feels good for you or, or what's best for you might not be always the best thing. You know, I, I think about uh, a couple that I was counseling many years ago, and and you know, one of the the one of the spouses left the other one because she said, you know, this is just what's good for me. Well, you know, maybe. That feels good for you, but what about the children involved? What about the the commitment you made? What what about what's good with God? So, uh, anyway, all that that's kind of a rabbit trail. But I say that to say this: I think it's good that people ask this question. How can I know that what I'm doing is God's will and not just something I made up on my own? <laughs> so I'll give you a few guidelines that I like to direct people towards. One of them is I think you're you're starting in the right place by checking your motives. And I think you want to ask God for that in prayer. But secondly, the way that you uh, kind of a check that we have implicit to our faith is that Christianity is not something that's meant to be done alone. We're we're meant to be in fellowship with the people of God. God has saved us, you, you could say in a way, out of individualism and saved us into his people, his nation, the people of God that he's creating from all tribes and tongues and nations. And one of the verses that always comes to mind is in Acts chapter 13, where it's describing the church in Antioch and a prayer meeting they were having. And here's what it says. It says, um, there were at the church in Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, a lifelong friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me 
Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid hands on them and sent them off. What you'll see later on, too, is that they say it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit that we should do this. That's something that Paul says later on in his missionary journeys. So what we Mm -hmm. see in both of these instances is somebody discerns that they, they believe that God is directing them in a certain way or saying some specific thing to them, you know, whether it's go here or do this or whatever it might be. And so then, does it have to require prayer and fasting then? or? No, I'm not saying it has to require prayer and fasting. I will tell you, I, well, I'll put it this way. I think it, it, it does require prayer. Uh, and mm-hmm. fasting, I think, is, is something you should also do when, when you're really yeah. seeking the Lord. I think that fasting coupled with prayer is one of the ways that, that uh, we can easily focus on God, you know, discern or how do I say, more readily focus on God and get rid of some of the distractions of life. But I will also just say that I think it's important that they did this in community. And so we see these people, they're praying about the will of God. They hear something. They think maybe this is God, but they don't just say, okay, well, it's God. I guess I better do it. But they (laughs) pray about it together, and they together decide. And I love that phrase. It seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit. So we see that... um, They were not just looking for what they thought was a good idea, but they were seeking the Holy Spirit. They were praying. I would encourage you to do that. Do it in community with other people. Bounce it off of them. You know, Proverbs says that there is uh, victory in the multitude of counselors. So I would encourage you uh, for that as well. All right. Well, thanks a lot. And on that note, can you just say a quick prayer for me. I feel that there's a big change coming in my life, and I don't know what exactly it is, but I just want to be sensitive to whatever that might be. And Yes, absolutely. Let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, we pray for Bianca, and along with her, Lord, I also want to pray for anybody else out there who feels the same way. They They feel like, God, you're You might be directing them in a certain way, but they want to make sure that it's you and not just their own idea because they want to do what is pleasing to you. Lord, I pray for them that you would give them clarity. Lord, that you would show them that that you would speak to them in multiple ways and show them what your good and perfect will is for their life. So I pray that you would reveal that to her and give her patience as she waits upon you. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks a lot. Okay, God bless you, Bianca. Thanks for calling in. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. We have a caller who called in in response to Bianca, and I want to go to him real quick. So this is line two. We've got Mike in Erie, Colorado. Hi, Mike. Uh, hey, Pastor. Um, I just uh, I just heard Bianca, you know, and I just I first want to say, hey, Bianca, I love I love it when she calls in. I just love hearing her uh, her questions and her thoughts and. Um, uh, what, this one actually that she was just asking about, I, uh, I happen to also be very concerned with this, uh, with this issue, and I just wanted to remind everyone, or maybe if, uh, if people haven't heard it, but Pastor Ed Taylor covered this topic uh, a while back, and uh, I happened to catch it, and it was a real blessing to me, but basically the question was, you know, how do you know when something's from the Lord? And uh, what he said, and it stuck with me, uh, was, you know, there are basically four things you look for, and obviously this all assumes that you're, you know, you're in prayer and things, but four things, you know, the first thing is, 
it doesn't go away. So there's this thing that just, you know, just keeps coming back to your mind or just will not leave you alone. Uh, the second was it doesn't conflict with anything in Scripture, anything in God's Word. Um, uh, fourth was that you would receive confirmation from the Lord. Um, and the example he used there was, uh, I thought a really neat example was he, and I'm, and I'm paraphrasing because I can't fully remember, so I hope I'm getting this right, but basically there was an, uh, you know, he had a, uh, I don't know if it was a student or someone in his, uh, in his flock that, uh, was wondering whether or not the Lord wanted him to take uh, a ministry job or some job in a foreign country. And, you know, so he's praying about it, you know, and seeking and searching the scriptures. And I think this was somewhere in Africa, but uh, basically what ended up happening with this person was they started meeting people here in the U.S. from this place in Africa. And it was like you just couldn't stop meeting, running into people from wherever this was. Um, and then finally, the fourth thing was that God would open doors. So God would open doors for you, and all you have to do is then take that step of faith. And so I just wanted to uh, share that, uh, and I hope, if Pastor Ed is listening, I hope I'm getting that right, but there's basically four things, you know, uh, never goes away, uh, aligns with Scripture, confirmation from the Lord, and uh, open doors. So... Great. Yeah, I think that's all yeah. really good advice. Yeah, thanks for calling yeah. in. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. All right, good God day. bless you. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We're coming up on our mid-show break in just a minute here, but before we do that, let's go to line one. We've got David in Greeley, Colorado. Hi, David. Yeah. Welcome to the program. Yes. I have a prayer request for my church here in Greeley. It seems like uh, we're under spiritual attack. People aren't coming around like they used to, and and uh, the pastor just got through preaching, a, teaching a real good series on spiritual warfare, and it's like there just seems to be a lot of confusion and, and a lot of people not coming coming back to church. And I just want to pray for its Waypoints Fellowship in Greeley, and we just we just need some prayer during this time of, uh, of hard times here. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for uh, calling in. Let's go ahead and pray for your church, Heavenly Father. We pray for David and his church. Thank you, Lord, that you have just put this burden on his heart for his church and wanting to see people in fellowship. Lord, I pray for these attacks that have been happening on his church, these spiritual attacks. And Lord, I pray that you would give them endurance to stand up under these attacks. I pray that you would, Lord, equip them with all of the spiritual armor that you have given us in Christ, that we might be able to withstand the fiery darts of the evil one. And Lord, that we might be able to go on the offensive in prayer, as you tell us, that we might take up the sword of the Spirit and that we might pray. And that is how we take the offensive. So I pray for this church, Lord. I pray that you would protect this flock. I pray that you would bless them. Lord, I pray that there would be good proclaiming of your word. And I do also want to thank you, Lord, that in you we are victorious, Lord. And, and that anything that comes our way, Lord, you have at least, at the very least, you've allowed it. And you've allowed it for our ultimate good and for your ultimate glory. So, Lord, I pray for these guys that in the midst of this... Um, these trials and these 
tests, Lord, that you would be glorified, that you would strengthen them, and that your will would be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. My pleasure. God bless you. Okay, bye. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church taking your calls and texts on the air today. We are coming right up on our break right now. I think we got time. I'll, I'll fit in a text message, and I'll give you the numbers to call so that you can call. We've got uh, all free lines right now, so it's a great time to call in. You'll get on right after the break. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. We'll be right back in a couple minutes right after the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady with you today, filling in for Ed Taylor, who is on his way back from Israel. I'm with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. We'd love to hear from you. The number is 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand. That's three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Or you can text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. I am the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. If you are in the Longmont area, I'd just like to take the opportunity to personally invite you to join us for service this coming Sunday. Our church meets at ten a.m. in the Saint Vrain Memorial Building in downtown Longmont. So that's right at seven hundred Longs Peak Avenue, right on the corner of. Long's Peak and Kaufman, and it's on the southeast corner of Roosevelt Park here in Longmont. So if you'd like directions or more information, or you can listen to any of our teachings or find out what's going on in our church, you can do that all on our website at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. This Sunday, we are going to be studying Hebrews chapter 11, and really the end of that chapter, um, which I'll, I'll hopefully get to share with you a few thoughts on that. Uh, before the show's over today. But right now I'd like to go to Will on line one in Centennial, Colorado. Hi, Will. Hey. Welcome to the program. Uh, thank you. I was hoping to ask a question and make a prayer request. Okay. Um, the question would be, how do you seek, ask, and knock, and I guess get results? Yeah, and get results. Yeah, so I'll read you this passage. This is from Matthew chapter 7. I Obviously, this is the one that you're referring to. It's in the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is in a section where he's talking about being anxious, actually. So if you go up and look at this section, and you look at everything he's been talking about, he's been talking about the Lord's Prayer. That's actually how this section starts in chapter 6. He talks about uh, how to pray. And he says, you pray by calling God your Father. You ask Him for your daily needs to be met. You confess your sins. And you ask for His kingdom to come and His will to be done. And then he goes on to a section about talking about fasting, which is related to prayer. And then he talks about not being anxious. right? So everything that you need in your life, trusting God and trusting in His 
provision, his love for you, his sovereignty that he's able to and he's willing to provide the things that you need. And then that's when he gets into this point about asking and it will be given. So I can't help but think that what he's referring to here is prayer when he says ask and seek and knock. And so I would just, you know, obviously asking is something you do with words. Seeking is something you look for. Knocking is, is actively trying something. So I, I see those three as being connected, but being uh, related to prayer. So I would encourage you to do that. And he says, you know, if any of you asks for bread, if any of you, if your son asks for bread, will, would a good father give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, would his father give him a serpent? And he says, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who's in heaven give good gifts to those who ask of him? So I, I think what he's also saying along with, that you should pray. I think he's saying that you should pray with an understanding that uh, God will give you what is good. And I love this way that it's been put. I'll try and paraphrase it and I'll try and look up the phrase as I'm doing that. But basically the phrase is this, that if you knew what God knows, God will give you exactly what you would have asked for if you knew everything that he knows. So that's the phrase. So when you pray, Trust that God will give you ex that which you would have asked for if you would know everything that he knows. And what that means is sometimes God tells us no. Uh, he might say no to a prayer that we ask or something that we ask. He might say, not right now. And it takes faith to receive that. But I think that even in receiving that, we can still continue to ask for something. Um, and, you know, it might be clear that the answer is definitely that we should not continue to seek that thing. In which case we shouldn't. But, um, you know, one of my favorite verses on this subject is found in Romans chapter 8. And it talks about how we can have confidence in him. And here's why. Verse 32, it says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? I also think about the place in the Psalms where it says that God will withhold no good thing from those who are righteous. And what that means is that if God withholds something from me, then apparently that wasn't a good thing, at least not in the way that God thinks about good things. Now, I might think that that was a good thing that I needed, but for some reason God knew in his, you know, omniscience and in his sovereignty that that was not something that I needed at that moment for some reason. So those would be the things that I would tell you. I'd tell you to pray, seek those things, um, Move in those directions. See if God opens up a door. But continue to have faith even when he doesn't, trusting that he's a God who is totally in control and who's a God who will give you good gifts. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. And um, I guess the prayer, I don't really know what to ask for exactly, but uh, my grandma died this morning. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm really I'm, sorry, Will. Um, how are you doing with that? I'm doing pretty good. It, I think it's annoying very well, but it's uh, definitely something for my dad that it's really going to affect him. Yeah. Yeah, well, let me pray for you guys. Heavenly Father, I pray for Will and I pray for his family Lord, with this loss of his grandmother this morning. Lord, I pray that you would be in their lives and that they would sense your presence. Lord, that you'd bring them much comfort. Lord, that they would be able to feel and sense you with them. 
comforting them and carrying through the carrying them through each step of the way. And Lord, I thank you for the glorious hope that we have of the greater resurrection that is to come. And Lord, thank you that you give us a hope that shines beyond this life. Lord, I pray for Will and his family that that hope of the resurrection would be something that's not just theoretical right now, but it would be something real, burning in their hearts and in their minds, that it would be glorious and true. And as they miss their grandmother and their mother and their family member, Lord, that they would always keep that in mind, that, that we have a true and living hope in you. So, Lord, I pray you give them much comfort in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Yes, thanks for calling in. God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church with you today, taking your calls and texts on the air. We have all open lines right now, so if you've been waiting for a chance to call in, now's a great time. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. So I'll just take this opportunity right now to uh, while we're waiting for those lines to fill up, I will take this opportunity to talk to you a little bit about Hebrews chapter 11 and how it relates to what's going on in our world right now. Because yesterday we had this tragic shooting in Florida. It's another school shooting. You know, I think I was thinking about Columbine. I remember I myself, I was in high school. I went even to Jefferson County Public Schools and I was in high school. I went to Pomona High School and that shooting took place at Columbine High School, which was in our same district. And Actually, I mean, just really down the street, if you, you know, think about driving down Wadsworth and it's down there. So I, uh, I remember, you know, how many people were affected by that shooting and then just the numbers of the people affected by the shooting yesterday were even higher than that. And my heart breaks, uh, it, it, along with everybody else who reads this news, nobody reads this and says that that that's fine and we don't need to do anything. Everybody says man, this is tragic. This is a problem in our society that this continues to happen. And so, you know, I was just thinking about this um, in regard to another story as well. You know, I was thinking, you know, imagine if you had everything right in your life. You know, you had a perfect family. You know, your job was going great. You had, you know, you're married to your soulmate. It would be really easy to say that, you know, my heart is full, my life is good, and everything is well with my soul. But what about if you lose that? Because that's really what happened to all these families down in Florida yesterday. It's in a moment, you know, they send their kids off to school, and then they lose that. They, their, their children don't come home. And how, how would you cope with that? And it brought to mind this story, which I was planning on talking about this Sunday anyway, of this man named Horatio Spafford. So Horatio Spafford, he's the man who wrote the song, It Is Well With My Soul, that old hymn from the 1800s. And his story is actually really interesting. So his story was that he was a prominent Chicago lawyer. His business was thriving. He owned a lot of property throughout the city. And he had a, a wife and four daughters, and they loved the Lord. They were Christians. And really, as he was reaching the pinnacle of his career, um, everything began to change. Their son died of illness um, suddenly and tragically. And not long after that, the Ch Great Chicago Fire wiped out a lot of his real estate that he owned. And then a few years later, uh, Horatio decided to send his family on a trip to Europe. And so he sent his family on this trip to Europe and they were on this boat and he was going to catch up with them. He had some business dealings that he needed to take care of. So he stayed back in Chicago and he was going to meet up with them in uh, Europe. 
But he got a telegraph from his wife that uh, her boat had been in an accident and all four of their daughters had died. So he went from having five children to having none. And his wife sent him this telegraph that was just tragic. It said, saved alone. That was all it said. And so he hopped on a boat and he went as soon as he could to England, which is where the rescue boat had taken her. And that is where he, you know, on the boat, as he was thinking about meeting his heartbroken wife, if, as he was dealing with the fact that he had lost all his children, he uh, passed over the same sea that had just claimed the lives of his children. And it says, uh, you know, I mean, the story goes, and it's a true story, that he put his pen to paper and he wrote this hymn that has now become, you know, so widespread. And the hymn goes like this. It says, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roar, whatever my lot thou hast, ca thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. You know, it's interesting. He wrote this poem saying, it is well with my soul. This wasn't a person who was, uh, you know, just had everything going for, right for them in their life. This is a person who was experiencing huge tragedy in his life when he wrote this and yet he said it is right with my soul or it is well with my soul and you wonder how could a person possibly say that and that's what kind of directed me back to this text that i will be talking about this coming sunday i'll just read the text to you it comes from hebrews chapter 11 starting in verse 32 he's been talking about by the way just for some context he's been talking about some of the heroes of the faith people like abraham and isaac and and jacob and moses people who had great faith and they you know, they walked with God. And he says in verse 32, he says, What more shall I say? Time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms and enforced justice and obtained promises and stopped the mouths of lions and quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, who were made strong out of weakness and mighty in war, who put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. But others... Others were tortured, refusing to accept release, that they might retain or that they might attain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned and sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering around in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth, and all these Though commended through their faith, they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. And so here's what we have in this story. We, I guess you could put it this way. What the, the message of this chapter is that walking by faith will make your life better, except when it doesn't, right? So walking by faith doesn't necessarily guarantee that you will have a problem-free life. I mean, there are times when you do walk in victory, right? Like you see, he talks about the mouths of lions being closed. So that's a, obviously a reference to Daniel in the lion's den. He goes into the lion's den and the hungry lions, and then all of a sudden he goes in there and God shuts the mouths of the lions and he comes walking out the very next day. Or you talk about people who are, they quench the power of fire. That reminds us of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these friends of Daniel's there in Babylon who were cast into a fiery furnace because they refused to worship um, you know, the, the, the uh, Nebuchadnezzar and the, and the statue of Nebuchadnezzar. And so they were cast into this fiery furnace, and yet they were not devoured. And there was one who appeared in there with them, it says, who was like the son of, uh, the son of God. 
And so obviously, you know, that's a picture of Jesus coming and walking with them in the midst of that fiery furnace. And then they walk out of the furnace alive, even the people who threw them in the furnace. So it was so hot that those people died as they cast them into the furnace. And yet they, they walked out alive. And so we see these examples of victory in the name of Jesus, you know, that is given to people because of faith and faithfulness. And you see, it says women receive back their dead from resurrection. This is referring to two different stories both found in the Old Testament of people who were raised back from the dead. So this would be like Elijah and the widow of Zarephath. And then there was a Shunammite woman and Elisha in Second uh, Kings. And so these stories tell that how these people experienced great victory as they walked in faith in Jesus. But then it's interesting because then it gives us a second list and it begins that halfway through verse 35. He says, but there are others. There are others who also had faith, and yet they were sawed in half. You know, they were imprisoned. They were tortured, and uh, they were stoned to death. They were killed with the sword. You know, whereas other people escaped the edge of the sword, these people died by the edge of the sword. And what that's saying is that having faith doesn't always guarantee that you will experience victory and, and freedom from uh, problems and death in this life. Sometimes it will only be the better resurrection that you look forward to. But that's absolutely worth it. You know, he talks about a better resurrection. What's he, what's, what's he referring to? I mean, better is a comparative word. So what's he comparing it to? And what he's comparing it to is the resurrection of the people who received their dead back from, uh, their, their loved ones back from the dead. So, you know, it's one thing to receive, to have someone die and then receive them back from the dead. That's huge. That would change your life. But here's the thing. That widow who received her son back, a few years later, he died again. You know, you think about Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And Lazarus was alive. It was an amazing manifestation of God's power and victory over death. But then a few years later, Lazarus died again. And he wasn't resurrected from the dead. And what this chapter reminds us of is that our hope as Christians the glorious hope that we have is in something which goes beyond this life. It's in a hope that we will be saved even from death because of what Jesus did for us. If we put our faith in him, we can know that we will be saved, we'll be forgiven, we'll be redeemed, and we'll have salvation in him. You know, I think about Jesus on that night when he had his last supper with his disciples. In the Gospel of John, it tells us how he talked to them and he told them, don't let your hearts be troubled. But he didn't just tell them, hey, just, you know, just be happy. Don't worry, be happy. When he said, don't let your hearts be troubled, specifically what he was referring to is he, said, he told them why. He said, in this world you will have tribulation, but don't lose heart because I have overcome this world. And then he said, and, and don't lose heart. Why? Because I'm going, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. In other words, he pointed them to heaven. He said, this is why you can have hope because we have hope in Jesus that goes beyond this life. And so that would be my hope and my prayer for everyone listening today, that you would have that hope. And if you don't, I would encourage you to put your faith in Jesus and receive it. And uh, I'm sure there are many of us who are struggling with, wow, you know, why is there so much hardship in this life? Why, why do these tragedies continue to happen? Where is God in all of this? And if you'd like to talk about it, we have about 11 minutes left in the show. I'd love to discuss it with you on the air. But here's the promise of the gospel, not for a problem-free life in this uh, life, but for 
the hope that goes beyond this life, the hope of a better resurrection. So I would encourage you to put your hope in that. Let's go over to our text line. We've got two texts that have come in so far. Again, let me give you the numbers to call for those of you who would like to call in or text. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. We've still got open lines right now, so it's a good time to call in. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. So we've got one text message asking, would it be possible for you to point me to a good resource for digging into the Nicene Creed? Well, I can give you a really good resource for digging into the Apostles' Creed, if you're willing to do that. I know it's not the exact same creed, but I will tell you the Apostles' Creed is generally considered to be a little bit older creed. And so the, um, the resource I would point you to would be from a friend of mine's website. His name is David Guzik. And so his website is EnduringWord.com. And if you go and look around his website, even if you do type this in exactly, EnduringWord.com slash Apostles Creed. It's Apostles hyphen Creed. So if you check out, David Guzik has a series that he did on the Apostles Creed. So it's a series of articles that he wrote, and I believe there's some audio content in there as well. And uh, as far as the Nicene Creed, let me see if I've got anything for you that's really good. There's a ChristianHistory.org has a good article on the Nicene Creed. It gives a lot of the background to it. So I, I would instruct you to go to that website. So Christian-History.org, and they have a great kind of accessible article on the Nicene Creed. The difference between those two creeds, by the way, is that they came about at different times. So the Apostles' Creed is generally considered the older of those two creeds. And it's generally believed that that came from the Apostles' Creed. The Nicene Creed was the creed which was kind of, I guess the word we use in theological terms is codified. So it was codified at the um, Council of Nicaea, or it's also sometimes called the Nicene-Constantinople Creed. That's the one. So for our church, we use that as our kind of part of our statement of faith, the Nicene-Constantinople Creed. And the reason we do that is because that connects us to, it helps us remember that, you know, Christianity wasn't just something that was made up 30 years ago. This is something where we stand on the shoulders of those who came before us, you know, all the way back to the apostles themselves and this line throughout history. Now, certainly things have happened throughout history that have been, um, you know, church history hasn't always been perfect. People haven't always got it right. But yet we do believe that the Holy Spirit was directing the church. And Jesus said, that the gates of hell would never overcome his church. And so we can keep that in mind as we think about ourselves today, that we stand on the shoulders of many people who've come before us. So we use that Nicene Constantinople Creed just to remind ourselves that we are connected to historical Christianity. So the Council of Nicaea in the 300s, and then they had a follow-up council to Nicaea called the Nicene Constantinople Council. And during that council, you know, all of the bishops from the from the church, so the bishops um, from, you know, different regions, bishops at that time were kind of regional church leaders, and the, those bishops came together and they met um, in Nicaea, which is near Constantinople, and they got together, and the whole purpose was to deal with a couple heresies that were attacking the church at that time, specifically one called the Arian heresy. And the Arian heresy is actually really related to uh, modern-day Jehovah's Witnesses. So when we talk about Jehovah's Witnesses, 
in theological terms, sometimes they're often referred to as modern-day Arians. And so what the Arians believed was that the Arius was a bishop, by the way, of a, a certain region. And what they believed was that Jesus was not fully God and fully man. They uh, denied his humanity, if I remember correctly. I'm going to have to look that up, actually. But uh, e either way, they uh, denied that Jesus was fully God and fully man at the same time. And so that's something that we see. Yeah, so they must have denied his deity because that is uh, what we see with, for example, Jehovah's Witnesses would not recognize the deity of Jesus. And so the Arian controversy was about uh, the Arians doing that. And one of my favorite stories, they say it, it may or may not be true, but there was this man named Nicholas of Mira, and he was the bishop of uh, a region in southern Turkey. And you may know him as Saint Nicholas or Santa Claus. And so, you know, he became famous for his generosity towards the poor. And what he would do is that he would, he, on at least one occasion, he threw money into an open window of a poor family to help pay for their daughter to get married. And so that's kind of where we get the tradition through over time, of course, change. But that's where we, we get the origin of the tradition of Santa Claus, you know, being the one who uh, gives gifts and that they come in to uh, your stockings or your shoes. The money supposedly fell in this person's shoes. And so, but here's my favorite part of the story. So Santa Claus, right? St. Nicholas of Mira, he was persecuted for his faith. Uh, he was imprisoned during one of the persecutions that took place. But after that persecution, he was at the Council of Nicaea as one of the bishops who was there, um, you know, to have this important discussion about what do what does the Bible say about the deity of Jesus? Does the Bible teach that Jesus is fully human and fully God? And so the legend goes, and, and again, I, I hope it's true because I really like this story, is that uh, Nicholas of Mira got into an argument with Arius, this bishop who did not believe in Jesus' deity, and that Nicholas of Mira punched him in the face. And so that is my kind of Santa Claus. Let's put it that way. So when I tell my kids about Santa Claus, I tell them, hey, you know why there's so many people dressed up as Santa Claus in the mall and all over the place? It's because Santa, the original guy, was a pastor who loved Jesus, and he believed firmly in the Bible. In fact, he believed so firmly in the Bible that he got in a fist fight with this other guy who didn't believe that Jesus was God. And of course, I don't instruct my kids to do that, but I think it's great that Nicholas of Mira cared that much about the Word of God that he got passionate about it. And so I encourage my kids to do that as well. So we have another text message that came in. Let's pray for some of these text messages here towards the end of our show. Someone says, please pray for my brother Henry. He has water in his lungs. And this person's name is Freddie. So let's do that. Heavenly Father, we come before you on behalf of Freddie, but also just as a believing community and those listening on the air. Lord, we pray knowing that you are the God who created our bodies, that nothing is impossible for you, that you love to give good gifts to your children. And Lord, ultimately, that you know a lot of things that we don't, and you know what is best. So we come to you trusting in you, trusting in your character, and we pray for Henry, this young man who has water in his lungs. Lord, we just pray that you would cleanse his body, that you would clean out his lungs, that you'd restore his ability to breathe. Lord, we pray that it would not develop into pneumonia, Lord, we pray that you would watch over Henry, bring him to good health, help him to get 
good medical care. Lord, we pray that you give wisdom to the doctors who are taking care of him. And we pray for Freddie and his family as they care about this brother of theirs, Lord, that you would watch over him. We pray that in Jesus' name. Let's go. We have one more prayer request. This one says, please pray for my, my brother in Christ, Joseph Israel. He's the lead singer of a band, apparently, and he was diagnosed with cancer. So let's go ahead and pray for Joseph Israel and uh, his diagnosis. Heavenly Father, we pray for this person, Joseph Israel, and we pray, Lord, for him, uh, Lord, that you would heal this cancer, that you would take it out of his body. And we pray for anyone else listening who is struggling with a diagnosis right now, Lord, that they would keep their eyes on you. They keep their eyes focused on that glorious hope that we have that goes beyond this life. But Lord, we also look at the stories of people like Daniel and the people like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we say, Lord, nothing's impossible for you. You can do this, and you can give us victory and show us this uh, manifestation of your power in our lives even today. So Lord, we pray for that, and we ask that, Lord, you would bring healing and you'd bring comfort in this situation for this person, uh, Joseph Israel. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have come to the end of our show. We're in the last minute here. I want to thank you for tuning in to Calvary Live today and for calling in and texting in. Again, this show can be heard every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time on Grace FM and our syndicated stations around the country. And this is a show where you can call in and ask your questions. And it's a pleasure to be able to share the Word of God with you. Again, my name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. If you're in the Longmont area, Check us out or tune in to our program every day at 2.30 uh, here on Grace FM. And uh, I will be with you again on Monday taking your calls and texts. God bless you. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.